Yeah, don't get us wrong. There's still going to be plenty of randomness to the show. Of course. But, that's the name of the show. The other, other name is Off Topic. But this is football. What you want? We got a mob and population. But it makes your rage glisten. Our voice is about the games. And you know we talk about the latest joints. More so than any other. And our mountain west matters. Well, will you? You listen to this podcast too. And you. You rant about this podcast too. Just a side where Jeremy analyzes some matches and kiss between the bridges. We do some good interviews. And you know from Fresno all the way to Boise, from Logan down to Aston, they're calling out our name. Where will you? You listen to this podcast too. All right, welcome back to Lace Mountain West Connect. Uh, we're still going here. We got the song right, Matt. It's still kicking. <laughs> I'll fade that out here. MWCConnection.com. I found the fade button on that, so that's pretty nice. Jeremy Moss, Matt Kennerly, hanging out. Uh, iTunes, uh, Stitcher. Um, where else are we at? Uh, Blog Talk Radio. Um, give us a review. That'd be nice. Give us a review. Is that? I think that's okay to ask for. Please. We're asking we nicely. Want to cut. A couple weeks ago, we got our reviews. That's nice. Five stars. So that's appreciated. Thank you to but, you know, that uh, faceless you know, listener. I wish I had that up because I looked the other day. We have like five reviews on iTunes, a couple on, on Stitcher. All five stars. So more reviews will help us out. So maybe more people want to listen to us ramble on. But tonight's show, special guest, return of Chris Hondras later in the show. Very exciting. I can hear your excitement there. <laughs> I didn't want to talk over you, but yeah, I mean, it's, it was a good, it's going to be good to catch up with him. Yeah, he's hanging out in Oakland, and obviously him being a UNLV guy, he has a double angle, hanging out in Oakland for the, week, for the week, I guess. I'm not sure how long he's in there, but Raiders move into UNLV stadium or building a stadium for UNLV. They're in Las Vegas, and we'll chat about that probably with us, maybe a little bit with us too, but more with Chris later on. But it's the off season. We were going to do a show. We normally start off with something kind of fun or witty to talk about, but not really today. But here's what we will do. In a couple weeks, maybe next week, we have to talk about the uh, Jeff Tedford Power Rangers Fresno State poster. Oh, my God. <laughs> do not, we have not to? Not until <laughs> later, because I think we should do um, superhero for all the coaches. I think that's fair. Yeah, we can do that. Give me it's some time it. to think about that. It's not April. It's not even April yet. We have time. I mean, because he had he had a hashtag attached to that particular tweet and said like Friday Fun Day or something like that, which everybody knows it's actually Sunday Fun Day. But yes, regardless, Sunday Fun Day. If you so watch, who's I'm the worst? It's Sunday Fun Day. I'm expecting, and I'm preparing for the worst that there's going to be another really off-putting, weird kind of Photoshop job again this Friday. So stay tuned for that. So was that this prior Friday? We're recording here, what, 
March 29th. So last Friday is that when that came out, right? Yes, it was. Okay, so on March 31st, we could possibly see something else. Yes. Okay. So we'll look for that. We'll talk about that next week just because it's fun, and we're not going to start doing our big in-season previews for a while, probably for for another two months. And I'm working on some other things to chat for some opponent stuff, but that's still in the works. Potentially some quick hit 15-minute interviews for like non-conference previews. So that's a – depending on my schedule, that could be something interesting. Talk to the guys from Wisconsin, BYU, uh, Michigan State, I want to say. A bunch of teams in the conference, non-conference obviously. So that might be in the works going forward. Um, but right now, off-season football. Fresno, should yeah, we – your Fresno State – yeah, Fresno State just started under Jeff Tedford regime. You might be going this weekend, but I know it's not in the notes here, and I'm just going to bounce on spring football first. We'll get to the other stuff later, I guess. But right. Fresno's had a couple practices. Like, what has been going on with Jeff Tedford and like Jason Virgil, the wide receivers? What's kind of the uh, what have you been reading up on with them? So the latest is that you know Chase and Virgil is practicing with the team, but to a certain extent, he's still recuperating from off-season shoulder surgery. Um, but it isn't, of course, it isn't a lost cause. I imagine he's probably still got the inside track. But of course, with um, you know Jorge Reyna now in the mix as a JUCO transfer, it's probably going to be a more serious battle than it was in the last couple of years with him. Um, but he is in the mix. He is practicing, and I'm looking forward to seeing how he throws the ball on Saturday. Uh, elsewhere, it seems like the big development is that we now know that Fresno State's moving from a 3-4 to a 4-3. And so a lot of the guys who were edge rushers last year look like they're going to be playing with their hands in the ground a little more often this year. So we'll see how that transition works out. Um and then just kind of seeing how the playmakers line up with the the quarterback race. You know, Keyshawn Johnson apparently has put on some weight, about 15 pounds, according to Merrick Warzowski of the Fresno Bee. It's, you know, there's there's actually a lot, I think, to look forward to this weekend. Do you like that they're wanting to be more physical, like more hitting in practice? I know there's a limit to being in shoulder pads or in shells and full pads. Is that something that can make the defense tougher? Because defense wasn't very good last year. I mean, I think personally, I feel like the defense, in some respects, was maybe overlooked just because of how bad the offense was. Um, but to answer your question, I know that I'm without having seen anything, it's hard for me to say how much I'm clamoring for it. But I know that the the community at large, you know, lots of other Fresno State fans are saying, you know, finally, like this is what Fresno State football is. That kind of you know, line up and punch someone in the mouth kind of offense. And I know that, you know, Tedford and, you know, new offensive coordinator Kalen DeBoer have talked a little bit about wanting to run more between the tackles. And I'm interested in seeing how well they do that as well. It, might, it looks like, because this article is from a couple of days ago, because they, they, you have to have three practices before you can go full on out, like shoulder, everything, full pads. So if yeah. you're there Saturday, there's potentially that could be the first day or second day for that. Mm-hmm. But if they're going to run between the tackles, man, okay, you're correct. The defense was maybe got a knockdown because of the offense, but you said a million times Chase and Virgil can't protect himself if it's Olay on the offensive line. How do they get run through the tackles if that's not addressed? I know it's super early. I haven't seen it, but if they want to do that, 
it's like some teams like you either have a really good running back and an okay offensive line, and that works that can work fine. But if you have a great offensive line, you can have a mediocre running back look amazing. And I'm thinking yeah, I mean, it's got to be they got to improve up front somewhere. Yeah, to me, it's kind of the the the, the push and pull of having to learn a new offense. But at the same time, bringing back more experience on that side of the ball than any other team in the conference. So, you know, continuity helps in a lot of ways, especially when it comes to like, you know, skill position production. So, you know, even though it wasn't pretty a lot of weeks last year, the fact that a lot of these guys are coming back, I think, is a positive sign. So, yeah. And like as much as we kind of uh, dump on Tedford a little bit. He's actually had more running backs better than than quarterbacks. Outside of we, we talked about the quarterback stuff forever. And Aaron Rodgers, the best, obviously. And then there's other guys. Um, who's it with the Ravens? Um, shoot, who's a first round pick but didn't do anything? You're talking about Justin Forsett? Yeah, just no the quarterback. Oh, the quarterback. Didn't the quarterback? I'll say Aaron Rodgers wasn't there another Bowler, first. Right? Yeah, Kyle Bowler. Like, yeah, I laugh. I laugh we, at anybody who brings up Kyle Bowler. <laughs> As a data point, but, hey, he, yeah, go you got him. Hey, if you get a first round pick, good for you. But like he had what Marshawn Lynch, he had four sets. He had um, who was the running back? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, CJ Anderson. Then you had another guy for the Lions. Uh, who was a smaller running back? Um, Javid Best. Yeah, Javid Best. Sorry, there's a lot of guys. Javid Best. Like that gives me hope that this running game, because they're not really doing a spread anymore. They're going to be like he's running a lot up the middle. His coaching, hopefully, that's still there and. People, I think there could be some people surprised because we were people pushed back hard against us about saying the, he's a quarterback guru, he's amazing of getting guys to throw the ball, but he was better at a run based offense with easily better running back success NFL compared to quarterback success. Yeah, and that's the nice thing too about this year's team is that you know they've got at least what three or four guys who had some carries last year who are going to be back in the mix again this year you know i i personally kind of like bryson oglesby uh but i know a lot of people out there like josh hokett is a big physical runner he is moving from linebacker to running back full-time now and then you got you know other guys like deontay o'neill is going to be back from injury um dontel james may be still in the mix I think there's still some question marks as to whether he's fully recovered from injury. I'd have to see for myself about that. But they don't, they don't lack for options, and I think that in itself can be a positive. All right, let's move on to the next team. We, we're going to get more in-depth later on, but let's go to Utah State. They've been going for a little while. They have um, new new OC again, new coaches again, and it's an issue. And their new OC, they're going to more of a fast, which I think this helps Kent Myers more. Because their new OC is a, what is it, David Yost. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Thank you for that, guys. Jeez, stupid double pop-up ads. That's the worst. David Yost, the new OC there. They're running a spread offense, which Utah State sort of did. And Kent Myers can run, run a little bit. He has some wheels. He, But he's a, I think he's a better thrower than Chucky Keaton. And we know they're running back issues from last year. They're going to have Tony Lindsay be the guy, but... They're getting near. I think their spring game is actually this weekend. Their first scrimmage was terrible. They couldn't get in the red zone. They couldn't complete passes. They couldn't move it. But this most recent scrimmage, because with the new offense, you want more scrimmages compared to, like San Diego State, outside of the quarterback issue with injuries, only have the spring game. Teams, if you're health, if you're healthy enough back and have enough guys returning, you're not going to really scrimmage every other week or new yeah. coaches. But 
this past week, they got in the red zone, they moved the ball, they got touchdowns, and it seems to be working well. Like they have, like I did something for the was it the Wisconsin side, Bucky's fifth quarter, Utah State. If things like we know they're unlucky last year for the how, how they had what four games they lost by seven or less points or eight or less points. They yeah, could, and they also they were also like minus. Well, they were also minus five, but it could have been a lot worse as far as turnover margin too. Yeah, and they could have possibly the best receiving core in the, in the conference or close to it with uh, Rontavian Carver and uh, Rayshard, Rayshard Lewis. There's some pretty good. That's some pretty good talent there, and if they can find a decent running game. That offense could be pretty top third in the conference, perhaps. And see, what I'd like to see or what I'd like to know is how much this new offense is going to be able to stretch the field. Because, you know, if you look at the yards per target of the guys coming back, you know, the the figures aren't especially eye-popping. You know, because, you know, just taking the top two receivers that we know are going to be, you know, leading the charge on the outside, Rashad Lewis and Ronquavian Tarver. You know, the yards per catch were fine. It was, you know, 11.7 and 13.1. But what stands out to me is the fact that Lewis was only averaging a shade over six yards a target last year. And, for instance, when you compare that to Fresno State, because we talked at length about how miserable the, the Bulldogs' offense was last year, you know, even Keyshawn Johnson managed seven yards a target, and Jameer Jordan managed 8.6. And granted, you know, Rashad Lewis was a freshman maybe they had a different kind of role for him within last year's offense but I'm curious to see how much they let him stretch the field a little bit more or whether you know Tarver's 8.5 yards per target is more kind of the norm of what the Aggies hope to achieve when they throw the ball and with Lewis he was also on the he had what he only had a bit maybe a dozen touches rushing the ball but that shows to me speed that is because he had yeah ten for one ten. He had that one game versus Nevada where he had four for eighty three. A little bit of outlier, but they gave him the ball on quick stuff, and that shows he has some sort of speed. Downfield is a big deal because their cheers are moved from having um, Hunter Sharp, who was the downfield threat. They lose Andrew Rodriguez, but with this offense, they want it with the Oaks. They want to throw and throw and just go fast. It, they do need to go down, downfield, but I think more importantly on offense, they need to find a running game. That's consistent because last year I know Devontae Mays got hurt with that knee injury, but even with Lindsey running back there, there was no consistency. He would have a pretty good game and then just a, an awful game where they forced Kent Meyer and part of the maybe downfield stuff and target. They, Kent Myers had to throw so much because they couldn't trust anybody to run the ball. Yeah. And then one quick thing, defense defensively, there's not a, most of it's on the offense, but this is the probably the last time I'll ever say this, but. They lost all the linebackers to NFL two years ago now, or last draft, I'd say. They lose Travis Seatfeld, who's, who's no longer at the program. He graduated. I wonder if the def- defense takes a step up, because last year it wasn't what they normally were, and they had so much new talent replacing. And what in that area, Utah State's known for their defense. I think, with like Sam similar with Fresno State, the offensive line. Yes, they're all, they're mostly back. It wasn't great talent, but they're back, and that, like you said, continuity is a big deal. And perhaps that defense for Utah State will show that with this returning uh, set of players. See, I'm interested in in with the, with the regards to this defense in particular. 
if they can find like another elite pass rusher because you know a lot of their sack leaders from last year are gone and even those guys like you know Brock Carmen and Ricky Alifua you know Alifua was the guy who led the team in sacks and he only had three and a half last year you know Carmen had three uh, Anthony Williams who's another linebacker they're gonna have to replace this year had two so I'm curious to see whether or not they can find that guy who can be a disruptive pass rusher because in some respects like the defense maybe was a little better than we think it was if you if, if you trust Bill Connolly's S&P plus you know in a lot of respects they were either average or above average on defense a lot of times last year if you look at it by quarter for instance the only time they were ever below average was in the third quarters when they dipped to 76th. But, you know, or if you look at it by first and second and third down, they were more or less a top 40 defense in that regard. So I'm curious to see, you know, do they have that guy who can, you know, rush the passer? Like, is it going to be, you know, one of the young guys on the offense, on the defensive line, or are they going to be able to find that next Nick Vigil as an outside linebacker? Okay, Babu Wagner ain't coming back. That's true. <laughs> And you're right, like, look, even looking at more traditional stats, like, they're 30 yards per game overall and decent in yards per play. I think, I again, they are, what, minus .42 turnover margin. I think they're just missing big plays. Like, they don't have, um, who's the DB who's with the Rams? Was it, um, what up? They had a couple, they had a bunch of DBs drafted recently. And I think the big part of defense was those big plays, like sacks, TFLs, like Travis Seatfelt led the team in TFLs at six. That was, like, the bottom of the conference. And I think it's just their defense is good enough, but I think the big plays weren't there. And when your offense is not doing very well, your defense can't hold, hold, hold every time. And they weren't getting – they also, they weren't helping the offense either with turnovers or short fields or anything on that part either. Yeah. All right, next team. That's enough uh, moving on to the – let's go to uh, Nevada. or Yeah, not Nevada, Nevada. I saw, I saw a good say for Gonzaga. It's not Gonzaga. It's not the Zogs. It's the Zags. <laughs> but I just saw my point of that. Nevada. So they've only, they're similar to Fresno. Not many acute, not many, or not QBs, but not many practices. Jay Norvell, new coach, looked to throw a lot more. And from Chris Murray, the Reno Gazette Journal does a good, good job there. A couple early standouts and early practices, obviously. Um, Wide receiver Trayvon Armstrong and Ty Ganji at quarterback and offensive lineman and a D end um, Malik Reed, but Ganji started five games last year, played well. There might be a QB competition, maybe, maybe not, with uh, David Cornwell coming from Alabama. Hasn't played a full year since 2012 in high school. Through maybe a handful of passes at most at Alabama, but so far Ganji's looked sharper in a new offense. You would think new guy coming in, new offense. It could be more 50-50 with Ganji only playing half a year since he took over the role for due to injury. And Cornwell's just not looking sharp. And it's good to have competition, but I, even though it's only three practices, I think Ganji has to be kind of the leader at the moment. And I think that I would agree, especially because I think that he brings a similar kind of skill set to the quarterback position like you just talked about with Myers. Because I don't think we want to overlook that even though he's going to be running a pass, you know, whether he or Cornwall is going to be running a pass-heavy offense, 
Let's not forget that he was fairly efficient as a runner last year too. Like if you remove sacks from the equation, he averaged almost six yards a carry. And I think that that's one of those things that, you know, if a pocket breaks down, that that's something that, you know, Ganji, his escapability, you know, is something that the Wolf Pack can take advantage of. What it'll come down to, I think, is whether or not he can be a little more careful with the football. Because if there's one problem they'll have to fix, it's that, you know, eight to six touchdown to interception ratio he had last year. Like he was exciting, no doubt. And I think that if he continues to hold on to the inside track for this job, he'll continue to be exciting. But it'll it'll be interesting to see in the spring, you know, how many times the defense is able to force interceptions or force fumbles or something like that. Because I think if there's a step forward to be taken, that's probably it. Hey, well, and the rush defense. Come on, don't forget that. Yeah. That's pretty awful. Yeah, it's still early to tell too much. That's kind of the big news out of Nevada because they only had the three practices. And you go to CSU, they've gone about a week. And a couple notes with them. Nick Stevens is doing most of the offense on the first team, partly because Colin Hill had that ACL tear. He's back throwing and doing things, but I believe he's a non-contact guy. But during spring, no questions, Nick Stevens. Um, because, like we mentioned last year, I kind of joked, like, um, Bob – Bobo is just messing with us, saying it's a QB competition. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. that can't be the case. And then it'd be three guys in the mix last year. But I would got to think that the way Nick Stevens played last year, even though Colin Hill did pretty good, because Rams, like, if you look looking back, uh, going to Bill C, like the S&P Plus, Rams were a top 10. I think, weren't they a top 10 S&P Plus team over the second half of the year? Something like that, yes, final six games, I believe. And you got to think that Stevens, not that they really look at that, but him being more healthy, being in spring this time, compared to a Hill being on sidelines a little bit, has to be the guy going forward. Yeah, and I mean one of the one of the numbers that you know Kelly Lyle of the Colorado and threw out there, which really stood out to me, in his in twenty eight games, which is more or less two the equivalent seasons. of two full seasons as a quarterback. 62% completion percentage, which is pretty good. You know, 4,700 yards, you know, 40, 41 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. That's not bad at all. Now that you're a senior, ah, you're not necessarily fighting. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Colorado, and for auto video. That was unpleasant. And ten, anyway. And 10 seconds after. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I feel like any talk of a competition has got to be just like coach speak where it's like, yeah, they want competition at every position. That's all well and good. Honestly, I, I kind of feel the same way going into this year that I felt going into last year This at this time that Stevens almost kind of has to be the guy. And, you know, and that's certainly not a disrespect to Colin Hill. You know, if he's the backup, then he might be the best backup in the conference. You know what I mean? And I, I would agree with you. Like, I assume there'll be some sort of competition in the fall, but it has to be it has to be him going forward. Like, he'll, or Stevens, the way he played. Like, those numbers are pretty good. That includes like a couple of crappy games he had last year. Like, in a complete, basically a complete game versus, or not complete game, but whatever he did versus CU, six of twenty, two two interceptions. And then the Idaho game, he was yeah a lot of yards, five TDs, but two touchdowns as well. 
and then he kind of had some Utah State came in for a little bit to help them. Good, didn't he lead them to victory? I think after uh, Hill got hurt in that game, I believe he did. Uh, yeah, he had I think the one. So. He, he had that one throw where he came off cold like on third down to get him close to the end zone, and then outside of that, like he had. Look at this stretch, man. I know the New Mexico game's an outlier, nine of ten, but just on this year at UNLV, Fresno at Air Force, and Air Force's defense was good. Well above seventy five percent completion percentage in those three games and six to one TDs. It's pretty good. So he, yeah, he, like, he could be like if he's the guy going forward, the quarterback position is gonna be stacked with a lot of good quarterbacks next year. Josh Allen, Rippin, uh, Drew Brown, out in uh, Hawaii, even Ty Ganji. But I think Stevens can contend to be a top three QB next year. And I'm assuming that he should get a chance to do so or prove that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even beyond that, you know, the fact that even though they're probably going to be without Marvin Kinsey for the foreseeable future as he's still recovering from an ACL injury, they might still have the best one-two punch at running back in the conference as well. You know, San Diego State is obviously in that mix with um, Rashard Penny coming back and Juwan Washington, but... You know, Dalen Dawkins and Izzy Matthews, maybe they weren't quite as dominant as I thought they might have been last year, but I still think that they have the potential to put that kind of, you know, those kinds of eye-popping numbers up again this year. Oh, yeah, Matthews had 13 touchdowns. Yeah. And and they're still looking for number three guys, too. I don't know how much, like, Kinsey will play still recovering. They're looking for that third guy, but running backs there, quarterbacks there, and Defense, Marty Inglis turned it around halfway through the year. And so they got some pretty solid things going forward. All right, so let's do this. Let's um, let's take a quick break. We'll bring uh, Chris on, and then we'll wrap up the show later with some other news. All right, now we're joined by a good old friend of the podcast, former um, co-host with myself. Chris Aldris is back to vent about the uh, – Raiders moving to te- moving to Vegas. Yeah, tell us how you feel, Chris. Well, first of all, in the honor of you uh, bringing me back on the podcast, I noticed you removed me from administrators' access on Facebook. Hooray! Actually, that was today. Actually, I know that was today. We're we're time stamping this. Uh, so I am displeased. I am displeased with the whole. Podcast. Hold on, before we begin, what? we need a football bob from you before we begin oh, the proper introduction. Football bob. Can you, is that okay? Football, Bob. Football, Perfect. no matter what. It could be NFL, it could be college. It's still football. Every time. Perfect. <laughs> so we brought you on because you lived in Las Vegas. You went to UNLV for a while. Well, first, let's get your actual. First, we're going to play this because the Raiders theme song. You're going to love it. Right? I, I don't know what that is. You never heard this before? No. Are you serious? Oh, Matt, you know what this is. The autumn wind is a raider. Wait, is it the rains of Castamere? It's the autumn wind. No, no, no. Not, well, maybe if you live in Oakland, it is. <laughs> the autumn wind. It sounds like one of those bad... The autumn wind expand in your eyes. Okay, it. it is NFL film. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Cool. So the only time I've ever seen NFL films is uh, with my buddy who's a huge Steelers fan. So I'm only familiar with like the Steelers like theme from the Franco Harris. Yes, exactly. Um, I didn't think that was an actual thing that they would have played at you know a Raiders game, but 
having never been to a Raiders game, I wouldn't know. So, that being said, I'm extremely, extremely displeased with the fact that uh, the NFL owners and their greed voted 31-1 to uh, to relocate uh, Oakland to Las Vegas. First of all, let's, let's start with that. I am against the move completely. But it's understandable why they did it. Simply put, they're greedy old bastards. They like money. And can I add in there, Mark Davis is one of the poorest owners in the league, so that's why he has to do this. He has no money to put up himself. Yeah, pretty much. There's there's no businesses that he owns outside of the Rangers. Because and... his dad kept getting, oh, I own 10%. I own 15%. I own 22%. Oh, I'm the majority owner now. That's how he got to own the team. Well, absolutely. But uh, simply put, for Mark Davis, it was a smart move simply because Las Vegas, uh, they were willing to put, or rather, I should say, the city council of Las Vegas was willing to pony up the $750 million uh, to help build the $1.9 billion stadium. That's that, and as Matt will say in the process, cutting school, cutting elementary school stuff for this. <laughs> Matt will say that. I'll say it. Shoot, there was a everybody says there's an article yeah. in the Las Vegas Review Journal about this, and 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 to you know, having actually sort, I I grew up in the Clark CCSD, and uh, I looked briefly before I left Las Vegas to California. I looked briefly at working at CCSD, and they were still like the teachers' union there was trying to find a good CBA in order to prevent them from getting, you know, 32 students to 35 students and get reasonable pay for that. Now they're closing more schools and they want to have, you know, 40 students in the classroom, which if any of you who are teachers are though, are, are out there, you know how completely ineffectual that is. So, you know, poor, poor move on the public end, but... It's, it's simply because the city council wanted a team. They, for some reason, thought that the 750 mil was a good price. And despite everything that essentially Libby Schaff and uh, the Oakland mayor and Ronnie Lott tried to put up, and probably Matt has more to that story. I mean, I just know what I've read off of like the New York Times and stuff like that. Um, the fact that you know, Oakland, to their credit, wasn't willing to give any public money for any new kind of stadium. It's the same kind of issue that they're still having with the Oakland A's, who, of course, are still going to be in the East Bay for the foreseeable future. I guess my question to you would be kind of like, you know, the myriad of finances and kind of screwing over taxpayers aside. Strictly speaking of football... What do you think the potential upside is for this move for UNLV in particular for Rebel football? Honestly, the only upside to this move at all is not only to UNLV football, but also potentially to the Pac-12. Um, first of all, obviously UNLV oh, wait, football. Wait, wait, don't you mean Big Twelve instead? You think Pac-12 is the more realistic than Big Twelve? Well, listen. Um, okay, I'll let you go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I'm I'm in teacher mode here, so I'm like. Listen, children, come on. Don't um, so, first of all, uh, UNLV is going to benefit the most from us, no matter what, right? They're essentially going to get a stadium 
that they can share with uh, Tony Sanchez. I think it was from you guys who were reporting uh, that Tony Sanchez was basically getting messages from recruits saying, oh, the Raiders are coming to Las Vegas. That's going to be really cool, blah, blah, blah. So UNLV is all excited about that. And I think the football facilities obviously will increase no matter what. UNLV is not going to change conferences. I think they're going to stay in the Mountain West for a long time. Why the Pac-12 can benefit from this stuff. Currently, what bowl game is in Las Vegas? The Royal Purple Las Vegas Bowl. Exactly. And who plays in the Royal Purple Las Vegas Bowl? Two teams people usually don't care about. Oh, sad. Well, I'm sorry, care. the Mountain West. We care about at least one of them. Come on now. I'm well, kidding. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. West or something. No, I, it's okay. Mountain West champ versus a, a middling Pac-12 team at best. Exactly. On most years. Exactly. So if you looked at, um, it was either Pacific Takes I was looking at or California Golden Blogs, one of one of the SB Nation affiliated Pac-12 sites. Uh, they were excited for this move to Las Vegas, potentially because you get a bigger and better stadium. That basically shoots Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Bowl up a few notches instead of getting a middling uh pack 12 team maybe that moves up to let's say a number two or a number three out from the holiday bowl or the sun bowl and in theory if they make the las vegas bowl as grandiose as they possibly can it will be essentially the next in line after the rose bowl and so okay so if you take that, yeah. and if you take, uh, hopefully Craig Thompson is smart enough to realize <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, we, we've Sorry. Laughed. Where's my laugh track? Sorry, we've laughed about this for seven years. I know, I know. For longer than that. How long? Here we go. There we go. Oh my goodness, you've got like riff tracks now and everything like that. Yeah, sound effects. Yeah. So fancy. Awesome. So, if Craig Thompson was smart. He would basically treat the Las Vegas Bowl as his baby. And that baby he can use to negotiate with the Pac-12 um, for basically better team matchups and a bigger payout. Okay, so here's here's the counter-argument as I see it, right? If you replace Sam Boyd Stadium with a billion-dollar facility, what you're essentially doing is making the Las Vegas Bowl more like the Cactus Bowl or the Foster Farms Bowl, which happened in the Holiday Bowl, which happened to be the other Pac-12 affiliated bowl games that are also played in NFL stadiums. And what do those bowl games have in common? They're all exclusively Power 5 versus Power 5 matchups. So is it necessarily a given that you know, the Las Vegas Bowl, once it moves into this new facility, is it a given that it'll stick with its kind of longtime Mountain West ties? Or is it more likely to say peace when it's built three years from now? Here's what I'm thinking on that. That's what I was going to bring up. But the stadium's not going to be built until, what, 2021, correct? 2020, I thought it was the date they were looking to open. Or 2020. So... The bull here. Well, I wish it was twenty one, but the bull contracts end in twenty nineteen. That's the last of the cycle. Then you can renegotiate. So if it, it's twenty, it is twenty twenty because Raiders are looking for a place in twenty nineteen to play. It may not be in Oakland or wherever, and they're not going to play at Sam Boyd for the one year because it's not up to the CBA standards for the NFLPA. 
So that's pretty. I don't. I don't. Las Vegas Bowl. They not that they owe the Mountain West, but you think at least one cycle they'd let them come in and be there to be take your champion because your champion has won. Whoever, even a non-champion, I believe when Boise went to the Fiesta Bowl, I'd have to look. But it's a t- team that won ten games, ten or eleven games, typically right about being ranked. Look at the Foster's Farm Bowl. I think it, it, they played. It was Indiana versus Utah. Was Utah even ranked when they played in that bowl game? I don't remember. I don't think so. I'd have to look it up, but let's see real quick. Yeah, they played out in San Francisco. Um, what was Indiana? There was eight and four with their new coach. Uh, I don't have all the details. I I'd have to look it up, but I don't have it. But that's an okay bowl game. I it it would bring more money, but I would hope like with Matt that they would secure this down because the league's already losing to Poinsettia Bowl because with the Chargers moving from San Diego, so the Qualcomm only has a Holiday Bowl now, and maybe not there. They might move that to Petco, but there has to be a way where they, if they lose this bowl game, what's the best bowl game after that? Because Poinsettia Bowl is number two, Vegas Bowl number one. And you know BYU's gonna want to try to sneak into the Vegas Bowl to make it their home bowl game every year possible. New Mexico. What's what's what what's the third bowl game? Is it the Potato Bowl? It's the New Mexico Bowl. You think that's number three? You think? I think so. Potato's number four, but Potato is more entertaining than both one, two, and three half the time. Let's be honest here. Not if it's Colorado State, Washington State in the uh, New Mexico Bowl. Fair enough. I'm, I'm, no timeout, Leach. Come on. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just saying, like. If, like I said, if Craig Thompson is smart, laughter aside, he's going. You're absolutely. Thank you. He's absolutely <laughs> going to want to keep this as not necessarily the Mountain West Championship team, but maybe like reword the bowl so like the highest ranked Mountain West team. Well, that's how it is now. First pick, essentially, they get first pick. Yes, they they get yeah. They it was renamed from number one to first pick. And if you know that you're going to have first pick all the time, then your more popular teams, your San Diego State, your Colorado States, your Boise States are always going to be kind of ahead of the curve as opposed to your Nevadas, your UNLVs, you know, or somebody lower. Yeah. A West Division team not named San Diego State. Fresno State. If they ever make they, a they had game. a pretty sizable crowd at Sam Boyd when they went to the Little Vegas Bowl a few years ago. I remember. You guys had you guys had nice reference. Playing USC though. No, but there was there was uh there was a significant number of Fresno State fans. You were in person there, Matt, so you should know. So So where would this bowl line, like Chris, what do you think? Like where how does this line up? Would it be like the Sun Bowl where they'd play Pac because they're playing Pac twelve six? And that could potentially be like Pac-12-8 if there's a playoff in the Rose Bowl team. I would like to see Pac-12 number four. I think that's reasonable. I think I think that's what's going to happen. I th- honestly, I think the Vegas Bowl with the new stadium and everything like that, that's going to move it up to Pac-12-3 or Pac-12-4. I think, because right I think, now I it's think what... especially since the Holiday Bowl is stuck in Qualcomm, and even though they're trying to make it bigger and better, it doesn't have the sheen as it does anymore. I think it's going to overtake the Holiday Bowl. Well, the Alamo Bowl took over the the uh, uh, the Holiday Bowl recently. Yeah, they took that spot. So I mean, right because now, the order right now it's Rose. What's you? It used to be Rose Holiday Sun. Alamo. So what is it now? It's Rose Alamo um, uh, Holiday Hol- Foster Sun. then Sun. No Sun then Foster. 
than Las Vegas because Las Vegas is distinctly number five or number six. So I think, and that's why this year Houston got. I there. think I think with the new I think with the new stadium it's going to jump up a couple spots easily. So really, Chris, will this happen? Will they, Mountain West stick with this bowl game nearly every year? They have to. If the conference wants to survive and remain to be competitive, as competitive as the AAC, if not more so, they have to keep the Las Vegas Bowl. And what do you think, Matt? Is it so, going to happen? And even more so, sure. they have to butt out BYU. I mean, I, I want it to, but I'm honestly just not sure. But I think that if they are able to do that, then I think that that automatically becomes maybe kind of the premier bowl among any group of five team. Because, I mean, you know, the MAC champion goes to what? Detroit for the quick lane bowl or something like that? Yep. And the American champion goes to... Liberty. Is it the Liberty Bowl? Or is it... I think it... Oh, they, go, they, go to, they go to Shreveport. They go to Independence, I think. Well, according to this from College Football News back in November, it just says that they don't have a real order. They're just based on best possible games. But, you know, Houston, of course, came to Vegas last year. I think Tulsa went to the Miami Beach Bowl. Um... Ah, super auto video. You know, Sorry it's, about it's that. nice to it's nice to know that the AAC is more dysfunctional than the Mountain West. So, what is it? The what? Okay, well, could this argument be made that the Vegas Bowl already is a premier matchup bowl game between the group of five, anyways? Mm, I think it's up well, there along with the Birmingham Bowl, which is the AAC's theoretically the top one versus the SEC team, right? Like SEC five or six, yeah. So it's almost those are the two bowl games, but the part of the Vegas Bowl it's on ABC. It's usually the first weekend, and usually there's at least one ranked team in that matchup or a team that's very good, or well, you know, what I mean, like a, you're the ranked or very close to being ranked. Like Aztecs, eleven and two. People wanted to see University of Houston with Greg Ward and Oliver Martin, and there's always it's always been a good matchup. Even when BYU went for years in a row, their their stretch, you had a. Uh, Utah BYU is different because BYU got in one year, but again, they're not a power team. A couple years ago, they're kind of in between. I think they have to. I there's not many bowl game options because do you want to send the Mountain West and Mountain West team? Like I know the Liberty Bowl people hated it years ago, but that was champ versus champ. That was pretty cool. But would Boise State or Hawaii or Fresno or San Diego want to go to play the MAC champ in the Detroit Bowl? Quick or play is the Papa John's Bowl, whatever it's called on the East Coast, playing some bowl game, playing the military bowl in Annapolis. There's not many bowl games at last. Though, so the only thing I could see happening, if they lose this bowl game, they have to get in the Cactus Bowl. But then again, that pays well over a million dollars. And that's because Boise made out last year by getting, by the Big 12 not having having enough teams, and they went there for a trade or something. I think, I think, I think that would be most likely the case, is the Cactus Bowl would very much switch with the Vegas Bowl. Um, because the only difference is that already owns or, or already works with both of them. It's very easy to say, "Oh, Las Vegas Bowl has moved up two spots. Oh, Cactus Bowl is our worst selection. Okay, just drop it, and you know, pick up from there." But that's not okay. That shouldn't happen. Well, it though. shouldn't. Once again, we're all on the should and should not rules right now, but we're still not in the. Hey, this totally wasn't. Ah. So let's do one last thing quick before I let you go, Chris. Um, for UNLV, does this make them a contender within five, within four years? 
Yes and no. Okay, division contender. I'm I'm going to still say yes and no. I think they're going to get the recruits. I think they're going to get better recruits than what they have been getting. And Tony Sanchez has, has gotten some pretty good recruits since he's become the coach. But with better facilities comes better recruits. Um, I think more more people are investing in the team. And I think that gives them the potential to make them division contenders. Now, with that being said, you also are going to have uh, you know, Nick Rolovich, who's starting to raise the Hawaii team back from the Dedeg. Um, Ron Caliber is hit and miss. I'm, I'm going to even say uh, Tedford hopefully can bring from <laughs> Tedford. Um, you know, I, I think the overall conference is going to get tougher in the West, and I think the Aztecs need to look back a little bit more carefully. Okay, before I let you go, what's your what's your off season stupid upset pick that we can look forward oh God, to? Are you serious? Why not? Okay, are you Team Bacon or Team Tacos? That's oh, easy. Oh, Team enough. Taco, absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you, Thank you. And 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 anybody else who disagrees is wrong and should be you know punished accordingly. I think we concur on that. Like punished so in instead- term, and basically you get fed bacon bits for the rest of your life. That makes complete sense. So, um, any any anything you want to let people know about what what's do, what you're doing, what you're hanging on, if you'll allow people to follow you on Twitter or not? Yeah, yeah. Oh wait, you mean my protected tweets? I'm still on. That's what yeah, I mean. I'm I'm at Greek Padre. Um, still writing for uh the Forgotten Five. That's www.forgotten.number5.com. Uh, um, we're kind of working on not just football and basketball, but we're start, starting to delve into um, different sports as well, trying to keep up with the uh, all the group of five and, and then some. So it's it's a moment. Wait, have, is it, am I correct on Ultimate Frisbee being your next big topic? Uh, it might be. It might be. And, um, you know, Quidditch should be up there as well. So Exactly. What about Overwatch? Ooh, I, I'll have to bring that up with our uh, with our manager tonight. I mean, we've got a League of what? Legends blog out there somewhere. It's probably the next big thing. Yeah, it's been the next big thing for what? like two years, right? ESPN. Let me ask this: What? I, I don't know. What is Overwatch? It's a video. Game. Okay, so Overwatch is like the latest game from Blizzard, which are the same guys that did um, World of Warcraft, among other things. So it's kind of their take on the first-person shooter. And honestly, it's all that I've basically played since I got a PS4 last year. It's it's a fantastic game. Yes. Interesting. Okay, I'll have to look into it. Maybe I see GameStop gave it a nine out of ten, so I guess that's pretty good. It's or GameSpot, I should say. It's Sorry, it's better GameSpot. than pretty good. Okay, I'm just curious. I just saw Matt put on Facebook the world the World Cup of this game and all sorts of stuff. So that's what I'm saying. There's an opportunity there. Go for it. Um, obviously, we're going to be uh, covering the return this Saturday, which is the UAB spring game. Sweet. When is that? Is that upcoming pretty yeah, soon? That's, that's this Saturday. So I think we've got like four or five writers who are going to be on site. The, uh, they're the Dragons, is that correct? Uh, the Blazers. Blazers. Sorry, they have a Dragon logo. They do. Blaze up. Trogdor. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, check out that forgotten number forgotten5.com. Um Greek Padre. It maybe to be 
What do they do when they request? Can they plead their case to request to be a follow on Twitter? Yeah, absolutely. And let's let's be clear. The reason why I started protecting my tweets is simply because I didn't want students follow. It's um, a good point. Yeah. That could be but, so, like, just say, hey, I heard you on the Mountain West Connection podcast, uh, whose theme song, there's not there anymore. Can I still follow uh, you? No, whoa, whoa. Yeah, don't get us wrong. There's still going to be plenty of randomness to the show. Of course. But... That's, that's the name <laughs> of the show. Yeah, we still got it. Outro. <laughs> it just depends how many times I stick it in or not. I, sometimes I forget or don't want to edit it in. Fair enough. It's there for you, so. I'm here for eternity. Yes, and we got a couple, but that's the best one, I think. So, All right, so uh, Chris, thanks for hopping on, and we, me and Matt need to wrap this up. But, um, yeah, we'll check everything out you're doing, and, uh, yeah, good luck with everything, I guess. All right, guys, I'll talk to you later. All right, once again, that was our good buddy, uh, Chris Andres. Uh, again, if you want to follow him on Twitter, and if he allows you to uh, accept the follow, at Greek Padre. So let's see what we can do with that, see if he'll get a few extra followers from us, so. Wrap up the show. I have a couple of news and notes we want to get to. We talked with the, obviously, Raiders, UNLV, stadium stuff, all sorts of uh, shenanigans. Because I didn't mention this to Chris, but I told you before. Mark Davis bought the URL, Las Vegas Raiders, 17 years ago in 1999. 18 years ago. Jeez, that's a long time ago. So does that mean, like, we should buy, I don't know, Mexico City Raiders and just sit on that for another decade, see what happens, see how we feel about it? San Antonio Raiders is a legit possibility. There you go. Or the SA Raiders. I don't know. That's a yeah. – look at the URL. I like that. I know ESPN owned, um, I think, collegefootballplayoff.com or whatever that website is for a long time as well. Hmm. I think of the future, folks. All right, so let's wrap this up really quick. Uh, this, we got this is actual football. This is no nonsense show outside of two minutes of uh, the beginning talking talking tacos with Chris for half a second because there's no debate. Do we have an update real quick of Team Taco versus Team Bacon? That's still going on, right? Last I checked, which was sometime yesterday afternoon, which would have been Tuesday afternoon, the twenty eighth. Uh, Team Bacon is still slightly ahead, fifty two percent to forty eight percent. So if you are Team Tacos. Y'all gonna have to pick it up, man. So what's the website Team Bacon versus Team Tacos dot com? It's it's Bacon versus Tacos dot com. Bacon vs Tacos dot com. I've noticed it's been hovering about that same percentage since we started. Even last week it was like fifty one, fifty two percent for bacon. Yeah, and like I said, I don't know how much that accounts for the uh the hashtags that you can put on Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. So just you know, be aggressive. Be like really absurd with how many times you use that hashtag, please, for my sake. Right, do it for me. I just, if you don't do it for tacos, I just voted for tacos again. Still fifty-two forty-eight. Hmm. They're not just There's leaving. Still time. They're not just leaving at that percentage just because, are they? To fool us all? No, I don't <laughs> I think so. Not. All right, so so wrap up with some football stuff really quick. We got a bunch of scheduling news the past week or two. Utah State's uh, following the Fresno State model. Games at Washington and at Michigan State. That's pretty good moves by the Aggies, I think. Yeah, I got some. Get, they're getting two point nine million, so that pays for the soccer team or something, right? I would think so. Yeah. And then let's add in real quick. We'll kind of rapid fire these. New Mexico going on the road to Texas A and M in twenty twenty one, UCLA twenty twenty five. 
and it was announced before uh, a nice home and home with the uh, former whack rival UTEP. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, I think any time that a Mountain West team can get those kind of not necessarily like interstate rivals or anything like that, but like anytime you can get a non-conference game where you don't have to travel too far, I think that that's a win for a team like New Mexico. Yeah, they always play the New Mexico State Aggies. They're playing like UTEP's not very far. Like their schedule, it's pretty low. Like they play Texas A&M this upcoming year, obviously in Tulsa. That should be a good match. That's geez, that's a that game. I remember the game last year. That game could be crazy. Pass versus run. They got first to sixty. Yeah, at Wisconsin. They got at Notre Dame in a couple of years. They got at USC. That's a uh, at UCLA. Like I said, they get some paydays and. They're not getting too many home games in return. New Mexico, um, Utah State. Like I put, I put the article on Utah State. This guy goes, "Why don't you scroll back and see Washington, whoever it was, Washington or Washington State?" I'm like, "Dude, that was 05. and I don't really count uh, Wake Forest as a power big team to come to town. A good scheduling thing, but really, Wake Forest. Wake Forest ain't bad. Let's not let's not knock the Demon Deacons. They're you know they were victimized last year by the Wakey Leaks. Remember oh, Wakey Leaks, but. My point was like, outside of that, how much how much have they had for those type of games? That was my point. It's like it's it's tough to get. It's tough for any team, but you get Wake Forest, but that was about it. They get Washington State coming into town, I think, next year, but it's do a two for one. And like, well, you get BYU every year. I'm like, well, yes, that's very good, and that's been on schedule forever. It has been, but I I I don't th- I don't think I overstepped by saying it's tough to get good teams to come to town in Logan. Yeah, I don't think that's uh, an unreasonable argument. Somebody took that to exception, apparently. <laughs> oh, well. Can't please everybody. And then um, there's what? Nevada has something here. They got UTEP. Okay, that's good for them. Home at home. I still like that Northwestern game, man. They get paid to go and get a win, possibly, in a couple years. Yeah, I mean, that's the best kind of deal you can get, is not only get a cool million dollars, but have what better than 50 percent odds to go and win that game that's why i say play illinois play indiana play texas tech play those type of teams you can win play vanderbilt they'll pay you to come and you can get a victory those are the best games amen all right finally we're gonna have our off-season stupid upset pick here golden nugget casino in nevada has odds already so we have two of them the first one i should um Hold on. Can you leave the room for a minute? I have uh, something to say. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's my wife's next to me. I wanted to put her headphones back in. No, but um, huh. I'm 90 minutes from Wendover and able to go wager things if I want to, which is in Nevada as well. But Colorado State versus Colorado. You've seen the line, but were you surprised the Rams are a 10-point underdog? Yeah, I was, actually. I wonder if that is kind of thinking about how the way that last year's game went, where I think we all expected it to be a lot closer than it was. Uh, but it's, that doesn't make sense. It's this year's team, right? Why would you care? And they're losing. They're, isn't um, their quarterback gone from Colorado? Uh, yeah, I believe Seppo Liufau graduated. Sepo, I couldn't think of a name for a minute. And he didn't play the whole year last year. He's gone. I... I need to uh, maybe make a trip to put some money on that because I think that's a legit possibility for easy money. 
the other. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I would you take definitely it? agree with would that. Okay, you're okay. I and would take. I would take plus ten if he handed it to me right now. Yeah. There was. I was looking at this guy's Twitter, Brad Powers. I guess it was. Uh, he put these out like a week or so ago. There was a note. Who was it? Notre Dame Temple was was. Um, I don't know the terminology all, the, all that well, but uh, Notre Dame was a six point favorite. He jumped on that right away. It moved up to ten like within a couple of days, and this is in mid March for college football gambling. Yeah, um, honestly though, if you are putting down money at this point, you may need to kind of reconsider your priorities. Maybe just a little bit. Hey, so you're gonna, wait and see you can judge me if I go tomorrow to put fifty bucks on the Rams to cover this. Yes, I will. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot can happen between now and September first, man. That's all I'm no, saying. There can, but that that seems pretty favorable. But the other one. UNLV, the Rebels are always on there because of the hometown team. 36.5-point favorite over Howard. Mm-hmm. I would not touch that with anything. I would. Which way, though? Oh, I'd put money on UNLV to cover that spread. Is it because what they've done the past couple years versus FCS team? Those did 80 against Idaho State or something? That is exactly why. Because last year they beat Jackson State by 50, and the year before that, I think it was Idaho State that they beat like 80 to 8 or something like that. So what you're saying? And you know, wait, wait, wait. Howard's not, <laughs> not very good. Great, so it's an HBC. Yeah, I would score. definitely put money on. So, mm-hmm. so what you're saying? If I hear you correctly, you're encouraging people to do a two-team parlay here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know if they allow two team parlays, but double up on that those games. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm only wondering why they don't have more Mountain West lines. Like, why isn't there a line for San Jose State in South Florida? Because it's March when these were put out. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm trying someday. I'm trying. Yes, I'm. Tra- I know they come out in June, but this guy replied back a couple more times to me. So hold on. So I go. Is anybody brave enough to take those points? The guy Powers replies back, you you know the is a minus forty hosting Jackson State and one like said by fifty. They were only minus fourteen in crushed Idaho State. Talks about Tony Sanchez is gonna pour it on if he can. And Howard was a terrible FC, FCS team last year. But having yeah, Howard was two and nine last year. Mike London's their new head coach. I didn't know that. Former uh, Who's coach out of UVA. Yeah, I would put even more money down on that now that I know. Since he scores no points. All right, so so if you take, take so take your um money you get from student loans this year, the paper that's extra for pay to school year, so your five grand you get, and go put it on both of these games, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh man, we're terrible at say, suggesting that's, that. That's 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 how I'm gonna go spend spring break because I'm gonna drive to Vegas and put money. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not. I, I don't know because I'm te- well. I'm technically ninety minutes from Nevada. I don't know if the casinos on the border of Utah there have that potential at the moment, or if they have even uh, games up. So I can go there for ninety minutes, but it's six hours to head southwest to Las Vegas. Or I could probably stop at Mesquite or something. But any, anything else we need? To, anything else we need to discuss on this particular show? I think we've hit enough football tonight, right? I think we've given the people what they want. I think we have two. Well, next week we're gonna. I think we're gonna do an off-topic show, like we mentioned before. Your favorite um, head football coach as a um, comic book character. So, like maybe um, 
Iron Man, Iron Man. You got um, people like Thanos. You got Thor. Who else you got? Um, a lot of guys, a lot of a lot of guys out there. I, you watch those type of particular movies, right? I, I'm I'm a pretty big fan of those Marvel movies. Yeah, most of them are alright. Most of them are. Right. What's your What's the one you hate the most? Tell me now. Come on. The one I hate the most, or the one you like the least? Because <laughs> I think that's a better way to put it, actually. Okay, so are we talking about Marvel or are we talking about Marvel and DC? Um, whatever you prefer. I, I haven't seen too many DC, but uh, what's your uh, what's at the bottom? And you can't just say Green Lantern or Daredevil just because. Okay, so here's here's what I'll say. Batman versus Superman sucked. I never saw it. And I'm sorry if anybody out there likes that movie. Christian Bale is Batman. But as far as but but at least as far as worst Marvel movie, it's easily the Thor movies. Worse than the first Hulk one with uh what's his name from Fight Club Ed Norton. Honestly, I've never actually seen that movie. It's not that bad. I would say the Thor ones are my least favorite, but they're still pretty good. They're utterly forgettable, and that's why I don't like them. Interesting. What I did notice, I've watched Doctor Strange. Like, that's kind of like in this. Have you seen that one yet? Yeah, I thought that was all right. I thought that was kind of in the same realm as Thor. But what I've seen, like, I saw it theater. Not bad. Saw it a couple. Every time I see it, it gets better because my kids like it a lot. Like, it's my favorite one. Every time I watch it, I've seen it probably four (laughs) times overall. And each time I watch it, it gets better. Yeah. Which is interesting because I wasn't a huge fan at the beginning, but. Think of those type of movies. So you got Superman, you got uh, Iron Man, you got ooh, you be Black Panther, you got those any anything you want. Um, yeah, those type of stuff. So I'm going blank for a minute, but we're going to talk about that next week because we're going to have fun just because. And NFL draft coming up. We'll have some more spring updates once Fresno and Nevada can actually hit people because that's when you real, really see football. This is shell shell garbage. You can't tell anything. Anybody can look good in shorts and a helmet, right? Mm-hmm. So that's our show for tonight. We think uh, Chris, we're hopping on again. Chris Andres, check him out at Greek Padre. Um, give us a uh, follow on Twitter, MWC Connection, Mountain West Connection, Facebook, um, Stitcher, uh, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes. Five star review, right? Five stars. Come on, give us a review. Pretty, pretty please. If you give us a review, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Is that enough incentive? Absolutely. Do that. Send us a screenshot if because I don't check reviews all the time. Give us a screenshot if you give a review. You can say we suck, but five stars. Come on. But that, that, that way everybody wins. Yes, everybody wins. You can tell us we're terrible, but give us a good an actual rating of five stars. But that you can you can tell us that we're terrible, give us a five star review, and that gives other people the opportunity to give us a five star review, but also tell us that we're terrible. So you were doing other potential listeners a service. Exactly. Definitely do that. So that's it for tonight. Uh, and again, as always, we are biased against your team. <laughs>